You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. So you all know I'm about transparency, so let's get into it. I am currently in a situation where I think I could have handled something better and I feel like I fucked up and I have a lot of anxiety and nerves and guilt, um, feeling like this person is upset with me and it's my fault. And so in my body right now, I'm feeling, oh, just tight and heavy and uncomfortable and figured I'd share that with you because I think it's important to acknowledge where we are when we're in it and to not bypass it and to not justify it or talk ourselves out of it or try and fix it and make it okay. Right. There's some old feelings for me of people pleasing and guilt and being worried about how someone else is responding and wanting to control it. And it's hard. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It's just hard. It's a challenge. And I'm I'm really seeing it and I'm sitting with it and asking myself questions about what I need in this moment and how I can support myself in letting go of feeling guilt and also taking responsibility for my experience and how I show up. And so in real time, I'm living very much what I wanted to share today. I put a call out on the gram to see what it is you all wanted to hear from me and any questions you had. And boy, did you have a lot of questions. So I figured rather than doing just a solo on one topic, which was my original plan, and we were going to be talking about people pleasing. I decided that let's do a Q&A and we'll go through all the things and I'll just share with you what's coming up and and just be really honest about where I am and yeah, all the things. So Theo is under me chewing cables. <laughs> um, let's start with flow and surrender. So I was actually just on a podcast and the host was asking me, you know, feminine flow is such a buzzword or concept and what does it even mean? And here is what I feel and believe at this point. When it comes to words like flow and feminine, masculine and authenticity and alignment, I really believe that we all have an opportunity to define this however feels best for us. So based on our experiences, based on who we are, what we've done, what we need, we can create flow in our lives. But flow for me may look a lot different than flow for you. Flow the way I used to view it and I think is for many people um can be like this, you know, lighthearted fairy who just buzzes around town and isn't really worried about a lot of things and just lets things come and go and is really unattached. 
that's just not how I operate or how I really desire to show up in this world. It doesn't mean it's wrong for either of us, the flitty fairy or me. But flow for me has become really clear over the last year or so in inviting in pleasure and success and joy and happiness the way I want to experience the world without restricting myself to ideals and beliefs that are not mine. And flow means not feeling the need to hold on super tight and micromanage and control and have all the answers. Because my experience in the world is that I need to micromanage and control in order to feel safe. So as I've worked through that, what I've noticed is that flow for me and space for me and clearing my channel and my awareness looks like releasing the control and praying for and inviting in more pleasure, which in turn allows me to create my reality of surrender. I'm open to whatever is meant to come forward and to learn those lessons and to release the need to be attached to an outcome or an experience. Really letting things be what they are. And as I talked about earlier, where I am right now, it can be very challenging because I don't feel in flow right now. So what do we do with that when we're super uncomfortable and there's conflict or discomfort or lack of knowing? I believe that we get to sit in that and observe it without judgment and also make a choice of how am I going to respond to this? If my intention in life is to be in flow and to play and to have fun and to take radical responsibility for my life, well, if I don't want to sit in this crummy place for more than a, you know, an hour, a couple hours, whatever, if I don't want to sit in that, and let my old stories run my life, well, I get to choose to be in a different energy and frequency. That is my choice. That is aligned action. That is being in the flow and making a choice for myself that I am not going to sit in an old pattern. I get to choose that. And I know that now. I have that awareness. So that's how I feel about flow. You get to define it or not define it. You get to feel it. You get to experience it. You get to choose what that looks like and feels like for you, not based on anyone else's decision because it's your life. And that takes me into this idea of the divine feminine. So I've talked about this a bit, especially when it comes to somatic therapy and really opening up that womb space and my sexual energy. And for me, Divine feminine is just a connection to our knowing and to our truest self. And it can constantly change and evolve. It's not always going to look the same, but it is the divinity and God within us and our connection to the universe and to our highest selves that allows us to be in integrity and alignment and intention with what we desire and what we so choose. And my disconnection from this was because I felt like I constantly needed to be in doing and trying and proving so that I could feel worthy and valuable. 
And this goes back to micromanaging and control, right? When I finally felt safe to be in my body, I began to connect with my feminine, to this inner goddess, to this knowing, and to all of these different abilities I have to hear and to see and to feel. And I was able to tap into my own self to get rid of the noise and the chaos and to really be with me. What is it I choose? What is it I desire? How do I really create the space to step into that without taking on everyone else's beliefs and standards that we experience in society now? That is my divine feminine. It is the sexuality piece. It's the spirituality piece. And at the end of the day, it's very much the connection with self. So this takes me into another question on how to let go. How do we let go? It sounds really good. It sounds like something that people talk about. (laughs) What does it mean though? Again, letting go is different for everyone because we all hold on to different things. We all hold on for different reasons out of safety, a need to create that fear, scarcity, trauma. So the first thing that has really helped me is to look at, okay, if I'm holding on to this thing, holding on to my relationship, let's just use that as an example because I think most of us can understand this. I'm holding on so tight to my relationship because I am scared to be abandoned and I'm scared to not be good enough or I'm scared of rejection. And so I have a white knuckle grip on it so I can keep it, keep it for myself. Make sure that I am never abandoned. Okay. Do you own your partner? And do you feel like controlling this situation or holding on really tight leaves anyone with room to breathe or to be sovereign? including yourself. And if your answer is no, and your intention is to have a sovereign experience, to feel whole on your own, and to then come together in relationship, strong together, but as individuals, how can you create space to allow for that? Well, the first thing is to release this white knuckle grip is we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And we are all in constant choice and we have the ability to walk away from something if it is not for us anymore. So if you can sit with this idea that there is divine timing and things are playing out on a much grander scale than we can even see in this human experience we're having, can you see that it is all happening for you And then if you do let it go, if you get to that point, you create flow and you allow things to move the way they're meant to rather than forcing them to be something they're not. You allow them to evolve. You allow yourself to evolve and you release the need to control and have expectations of how everything's supposed to be because 
does it ever really go the way we think we're going where the way we think it's going to go? It may sometimes. You may be able to predict something based on someone's response in the past. But in all reality, things happen the way they happen. I don't have control over how you respond. I only have control over myself and my choices. So yes, it is challenging to let go, to let people be who they are, to let relationships and businesses take on their own energy and become and come undone and unlearn and grow on their own while we contribute and take responsibility for our part of it. But it's the most beautiful surrender that you can provide yourself with because that detachment and that release lets everything become what it wants to rather than you dictating and deciding every moment. I want to talk about personal responsibility because this is something that I get a lot of questions about. Many of you wanted me to talk about this. Personal responsibility is another challenging thing because we don't want to feel like we have the power to choose. We oftentimes, out of comfort, want to be the victims and want other people to tell us what to do because it's easier. We want to be able to blame someone. And if we have to take responsibility, then that means that we think we're to blame. So what I want to offer is that it's not about blame. It's not about right or wrong or you did this and I did that and we messed up. It truly is about having awareness around your contribution to your own life and to the many situations that we find ourselves in. How are we operating from fear and ego? And how are we operating from love and expansion and oneness? When we take responsibility, we are acknowledging our own growth, our own room for growth. We're acknowledging the triggers and the traumas that often dictate how we are and how we respond. And we're saying, oh, I see. I'm seeing through the lens of abandonment. I'm projecting my fears onto you. And I'm going to take responsibility for that because I realize that I no longer have to be in fear because I know I can never be abandoned if I don't abandon myself, which then sets me free from this limiting belief and this projection and allows me to grow in that moment or in that relationship. And you can say this to your partner or to your parent or whoever it is that you're in this with and say, oh, I see what I was doing. And if you feel the need to apologize, I apologize for projecting this onto you. This is where I'm coming from. And I see it now and I'm growing through it. What an incredible gift, not only for yourself, but to reflect back to someone else to show this is possible. And it's not always about apologizing. Taking responsibility for something isn't saying, I'm sorry. We don't always have to say, I'm sorry. It's not always warranted. 
sometimes it is more than enough to acknowledge where you are and how you've responded and to grow through it and with it. I think this is a perfect segue into boundaries. Boundaries are super new for most of us. And creating boundaries is one way of taking personal responsibility for your life. If you don't want people to rely on you all the time or your mom to call you and complain about things all the time or uh, you need space and you need quiet in your house so that you can take a bath and have some downtime and me time, it is on us to create these boundaries. It doesn't mean we need to get mad at someone or say, you call me too much or I don't like the way you talk to me like that. How can we create boundaries without projecting our anger onto someone else or our resentment for the fact that they have been doing this thing with us for so long that we have allowed? Hello, responsibility. How can we? see that we're all doing our best and that this thing that's been going on no longer serves us. So we're going to create boundaries. I saw with my mom how codependent we were and I spent so much of my life calling her, asking her to tell me what to do. And I saw about 27, 28, that this was no longer healthy and not something that I needed to engage in. I needed to start asking myself these questions and trusting myself. So I pulled back and I stopped calling her so much and it made her very uncomfortable. And She did not like it. And this went on for years. But I made the choice for myself that I needed to do this for me and for my own growth and for my own sovereignty. I didn't feel like my own person. I felt like an extension of her in ways. So I made the decision to pull back. I've also been in in situations where I have a friend and I love this person, but the way we interact and the relationship we have is no longer something that feels nourishing. Or maybe we've kind of gone in separate ways and it's not something I want to engage in anymore. And I've said very clearly, I don't feel like this is a relationship that I want to be in at this point. And these are the reasons. And I care a lot about you and I want the best for you, but I have to do this for me. And that is really challenging and scary. And it sucks. Sometimes we feel like we're losing people. But in reality, one, we're advocating for ourselves. And two, we're speaking up in a way that is respectful and honest and supporting what we need. And if they get mad or if they understand or the variety of reactions in between, it's all okay. Because we know that for our best self to be in integrity, we make that choice. It's something I need and I honor that within me. 
and I have space to bring in people who I believe are meant for me at this time. And I think that's really important. So that's how I've handled boundaries. And it asks a lot of you in terms of growth. And it's also such an incredible gift. How do we support others without saving them? Without turning into the fixer and the savior? Ooh. Mm-hmm. This is another boundary, right? This is, I am in my energy and my experience, and you are in yours. And if you ask me for guidance or feedback, I will give that. But I'm not going to rush in and penetrate you and your experience with my thoughts and my advice without being invited in for that. And I'm also not going to save you from pain and sadness and difficulty because that is so selfish of me. I am keeping you from having the experience you get to have at this point to learn your lessons. Because I am uncomfortable with you being uncomfortable. So let me just fix this real quick and put some duct tape on it and make it okay so that I feel better. That is a selfish way of relating. So I do my best to ask permission to give feedback and to also let people sit in their discomfort and not have it be a reflection of me. I am not less than or a bad friend or a bad partner because I don't save you. I am here to hold space and to love you and to hold you through it. But it's not my job to fix it for you because then I would be keeping you from your own learning and your own experience. So then it would just come back again in another way until you learn. And I may have already learned that lesson. So I want to keep you from having to deal with it because I'm like, oh, I learned that five years ago. This is what you should do. Until they learn it themselves, it's going to keep popping up and you know that. Step back, allow people to be in their experience, in their feels, in their emotions, and know that it means nothing about you. And that the best thing that you can do, the best gift you can give, to just hold them without judgment and listen and help them feel seen so that they are willing to dive deeper into whatever is coming up so that they can work through it themselves. I want to take a second and tell you about how I am nourishing myself. I am absolutely loving protein powder. I've talked about this a bit before in my relationship with food and not eating enough. And I'm just starting to see, especially as we start talking about getting pregnant and working out more and getting stronger, just how much my body needs constant replenishment and support. And I'm someone that when I get busy, I just don't eat. I will go throughout my entire day and miss meals. And I've really been 
practicing my intention of taking space between meetings and creation so that I can take care of myself and be the best version of myself in every part of my life. And so it's been really, really helpful having Organifi protein. I love chocolate and vanilla. I'm doing this whole uh, chocolate, peanut butter, banana situation right now that I'm very much enjoying. And I'm just noticing how different I feel. I may not have time to make something, but I do have time to blend something that tastes really good. And I know I'm getting so much goodness in one smoothie. And I'm getting 20 plus grams of protein and I'm getting fat and peanut butter. And I know that I'm not skipping out and then feeling depleted at the end of the day and feeling like I have to make up for it. And then I'm eating stuff that's actually really not good for me because. I'm at such a deficit that now all I want are carbs and sugar. And then I get brain fog and then I have pain and then I don't sleep well. And it's a really bad cycle. So I'm super grateful that I found a protein powder that is plant-based, that doesn't make me feel bloated and is really nourishing all the way around. So I'd love for you to try it out. You can go to Organifi.com, use the code Kelly T for 20% off. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. Use the code Kelly T for 20% off. Also, let's talk about Element for a second. I have been getting so many messages from you guys. You have purchased Element and you are loving it. I have so many of my girls sending me photos and videos of like, look at me starting my day with this. And, you know, I talk about this every time. I'm really shitty at drinking water and I will start my day with um, many different things, sometimes um, with something super healthy. Other times I'll just start the day with coffee and then my stomach is wrecked and I don't have water until the afternoon. And that's just not okay. On so many levels, not okay. So adding an element and starting my day with it, or if I have a workout early in the morning and drinking that during that, it just, I feel like it creates this hydration foundation. I'm making that up right now, but that's my new phrase for this. And I think it also reminds me to drink more water throughout the day because I feel better. I'm like, oh yeah, I started the day with water. It tastes really good. Okay. I'm drinking more water throughout the day and it gets me into a much healthier cycle. So if you are curious about getting more electrolytes into your body, if you're fasting, if you want to curb carb cravings, if you're sweating a ton, uh, this is the best element is the best on the market. Don't fucking argue with me. They don't use sugar, no artificial ingredients, no coloring. I mean, it truly is the best you can get. I would love for you to try an eight pack sampler. It's just for the price of shipping. So it's five bucks if you live in the US and you get to try a ton of different flavors and see what's your favorite. And then you can buy all the boxes because trust me, you're going to need them. You can go to drinkelement.com slash Kelly T. That's drinklmnt.com slash Kelly T. So... If you have been around for a hot minute, you've heard me talk about the womanizer and how incredible the orgasm is thanks to pleasure air and all the things that it does for your clit. And now I want to talk to you about things created for the penis. So The ArcWave Ion is the first ever pleasure air stroker. It's the first pleasure toy on the market that promises clitoral orgasms for the penis. Oh my gosh. 
So basically the pleasure receptors, I didn't know this. This is great. The pleasure receptors of the clitoris are anatomically identical to those of the frenulum in a penis. So they created this device and experience that when you slide your dick in, the goal and the whole point is to have a similar experience as someone with a vagina would have with a womanizer. So you have the pleasure air, um, which is used in the best freaking sex toy on the planet. And it's a brand new sensation. So the arc wave ion is stimulating in ways that you have probably never felt before. Um, and it's stimulating the receptors in the frenulum on the underside of the penis. Like I said, very similar to your clit and you can use it by stroking. You can have it just sit there and use the pleasure air stimulation. There's really no rules. There's a lot of options with this. Um, and one thing that they have said is it's so important, especially people who have penises. Um, this is a really new experience and oftentimes it can be kind of odd or different the first time you try it. And so it's really important to give yourself time to figure out how to use sex toys when you have a penis. And the ArcWave Ion is no exception. So if you use it three, four, five times to really unlock the pleasure that it provides, um, I think that's the best way to go about it. And it can be super different. We have these stigmas that only women are allowed to use sex toys and, and experience that. And maybe this is something that if you do have a penis, you try it on your own first and play around with it and put it in different positions and see what feels good. So that if you want to engage using the arc wave ion with a partner, then you kind of know how it goes and you feel a little more confident. Um, or you can just do what Connor and I do and try sex toys for the first time together and giggle the whole time. And how silly the experience can be when you have no idea what you're doing. Um, I highly recommend it. So <laughs> I would love for you all to try out the ArcWave Ion and let me know. How do you like it? What did it feel like? Was there any giggling involved if you just dove right in and used it together for the first time? We have the link to check it out in the show notes. I'm so excited for you guys to check this out. Something else that I've been asked about is how to give up the ideal, this ideal that we have growing up or that our parents told us about for what we feel is actually meant for us. And this really comes down to letting go of everything we believe to be true and asking better questions, questioning everything we believed was true. So I think there are ideals like you're supposed to get married, buy a house, have kids, have a steady job, financial stability, all these things, which doesn't really leave us room for anything else. What if you don't want a traditional wedding or a traditional relationship? What if you decide that financial stability isn't actually a core value for you? And you actually want more freedom and play and travel and that money is not a driver that you actually are willing to live at a bare minimum and be a minimalist and not have a ton of stuff. Like 
How can we create more space for what we actually want? What is the ideal that you were handed of how you were supposed to show up and operate in the world? And if that wasn't there, what would you do with your life? What is your new ideal? What is your new vision for yourself? Ideals that were handed to us can be so restrictive and can keep us from ourselves because we're so tied to this belief system. And if we live by something that we don't really feel connected to, how are we ever supposed to drop into what's meant for us? To ask ourselves questions like, what is it that I actually desire? And if I didn't have my dad's voice in my head telling me to get a job and health insurance and live in a certain house in a certain area, well, then what would I do? If I had to choose for myself, what kind of life would that be? And what I would say is that you don't have to do anything, but God, you get the gift of choosing for yourself. to create your vision in your life. And it's not always going to look the way you wanted it to. Maybe you thought you found your person and two years later realized that that's not aligned. And so things change again. But when we're asking ourselves questions about what is meant for us and what we're meant to see, we have the tools and resources to evolve through that. To have awareness that it's okay to let that go because not everything is meant forever. And sometimes we're just meant to learn lessons and to be present for them. And then to release so we can step into the next iteration of us and our experience. The ideal is just an idea, it's just a concept, it's empty. Your vision and your desires are full and true to you and expansive. So how can you really create more of that and lean into it? I want to talk about our authentic selves. So tired of this word. (laughs) Just being honest. I feel like when we use this word a lot, like I'm so authentic, so authentic. It's actually just a mask. Is it though? Is it really that authentic? If you feel a need to say it's so authentic. I kind of feel like we're just hiding behind something. Who are you and how do you show up? And are you honest or do you lie to yourself? That's what it is to me. Are you showing up as a true version of yourself in this moment, which is open to evolving in the next moment? 
Are you listening to your body? Are you tuned into yourself? Are you taking radical responsibility and being honest in as many moments of your life as possible? Or are you justifying things and bypassing things and showing up as the version you want people to see you as? Look at me, I'm all together, I'm so woke, blah, blah, blah. When in reality, you don't like yourself and you're struggling. But you're not willing to let people see you. If you aren't willing to let people see you, how can you be authentic? You're not even willing to see yourself. And I know this might sound harsh. This is really how I feel. We, especially in the spiritual community and personal development, we walk around and we throw around these words, but how are we living them? It's all well and good to talk about being authentic. But what does that even mean? Have you taken the mask off? Are you willing to share the hard moments, the challenging moments, where everything's being questioned? You say, I don't know. I don't have the answers right now. And I feel like I'm accessing them and I have awarenesses, but I'm a little unclear. Or are you walking around like, I'm so authentic and this and that, and I'm aligned and I did this. And, and then you get off of Instagram and you're like, not even believing your own bullshit. It doesn't mean you have to show up and share every hard thing that's ever happened to you or talk to your friends about all the things and bear your soul to every person you meet. That's not authentic. That actually means you have no boundaries. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, are you willing to see yourself? If you're not even willing to see yourself, you can't say you're authentic. If you're not willing to let others see you, how is that authentic? And ask yourself the question, why am I so scared to be seen? And why am I so scared to see myself? What's holding me back? I hear a lot about how to find your tribe. And I talk about my sisterhood all the time and I'm so grateful for them to be able to show up and just be myself and be held and hold them and experience really, really deep levels of intimacy. And it's taken practice and it's taken asking hard questions of why why can't I connect with women or why am I scared of this or why don't I want them to see me or why do I have this fear of if I show up as who I am, they're going to reject me and being honest, not only with myself about it, but with them telling them, I don't feel like I belong here. I don't feel like I'm good enough to be here. And then having them reflect back what they feel and see from me. And not to just make me feel better and not to fix the problem, but to really help me see this dynamic to end this pattern and to recreate what's possible within myself in relationships with women. And I am definitely an introvert and I have struggled for so much of my life in putting myself out there 
and reaching out to women. And I've made it a conscious effort to go for it. And to say, fuck it. If we don't get along, if they don't like me, if I don't like them, it's okay. We're not going to like everyone. I don't need to have 7 million friends. (laughs) That's not a sign of success. But if I want to have intimacy and connect with women, I get to take that step and I get to create that reality, which means I put myself out there in uncomfortable situations and say, hey, I'd really like to get to know you or can we get coffee and just see the more open I am and the more I show up, what is possible. And because I committed to this, Almost every single week for the last year plus, I have shown up to this sisterhood call. I have flown all over the country to see these women. We've gone to Tulum together. And we continue to show up because we realize how life-changing this is. So if you don't feel like you have your people, how are you going to change that reality? How are you going to create something new for yourself? The last thing I want to talk about is being a manifester. You know, it's funny. I've had Katie Calderon, my human design expert aficionado on the show a few times now. She's been inside the Onyx. And if you have questions about human design, I'm definitely not the person to ask. Because as I've learned with Katie, I'm not meant to take all of this in and soak it up and understand it. It's supposed to kind of just come through me and then I integrate as I integrate. But for me, being a manifester is really powerful. And all jokes aside, I feel like when I declare something or when I touch something, it's like I have a magic wand and it just, it happens or it shows up. Not always the way I think it's going to, but it definitely comes to fruition. And it's been a process over the last few years of understanding this about myself and my power and how to utilize it in the best way without controlling it. Sometimes I'm specific, sometimes I'm not. I know what I really desire and what I want to create. I will share it verbally and I will set the intention and then I allow it to unfold. I release all attachment to the outcome. So I don't feel like I'm controlling the whole scenario or the situation. I'm putting an intention out there. One of which I'll give an example. So when we started Soul Fire Productions, I said, I want 30 shows by the end of the year. I said it out loud over and over. I said it to the team. I said it with myself, my coaches, all the things. We hit 30 shows before the end of the year. And when I said it, I knew that there were many reasons I was saying it for financial reasons, for team reasons, um, because it would help us build the company and because I felt like we could handle that amount of work. And then once it was out there and I said it, I was aligned in my action to work towards that. But if that didn't happen, I wasn't going to say, well, manifestation doesn't work and I give up and blah, blah, blah. Maybe I was thinking too small and we ended up getting 
100 clients in a year. Who am I to say? But I feel that it's so important to co-create a vision and an experience while also releasing the need to micromanage every moment of it and letting it organically become what it wants to be. It gets to do that. It gets to become in its own energy. And if I hold on and I'm tight and I'm restrictive with whatever vision I'm having, we all know how that goes. So how can you hold the vision and dream big and also hold the energetic frequency to match that vision while releasing and letting go of how it's going to look? That is my manifester experience. So thank you all for sending me so many questions. I did not get to all of them, but we could go on and on and on. So I'll keep doing this because it seems super fun. I like being able to hit a bunch of different topics. If this is something you feel like you're getting a lot out of, let me know. I'm happy to repeat it. If you have questions for the next Q&A I do, feel free to DM me or uh, email me. You know I'm active in there. I will get back to you. And I'm so excited to be here with you. So thank you all so much. I love you. Have the best day. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you would like even more exclusive content, conversations with me, the ability to connect with women in a really sacred space to continue to challenge yourself, to create space for yourself and come back home to your truth and your knowing, I would love, love, love to have you inside the Onyx, the incredible space that I created for women like you who want more and who are ready to lean in to all of it. You can go to patreon.com slash the Kelly show. The link is in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you in there and hold that space for your growth. See you soon.